Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Good morning, Sarah. Well, it's morning for us, but for our guest today, who's in the UK, it's already the afternoon. Uh, Today, we're continuing the conversation that we started last week about magic in mystery with author Tom Mead. Welcome, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you both for having me. Tom Mead is a UK author specializing in locked room mysteries. He's a member of the Crime Writers Association and the International Thriller Writers Organization. He's the author of Death and the Conjurer and the sequel, The Murder Wheel. His stories have appeared in Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine, Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine, and Mystery Weekly, among others. Several of his pieces have also been anthologized, including Heatwave, in the Best Mystery Stories of the Year of 2021, which was edited by Lee Child. His debut novel, Death and the Conjurer, was selected as one of the top 10 best mysteries of the year by Publishers Weekly. So it's just a thrill to have you, Tom. Thank you. Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So we both have enjoyed... Uh, your books, Death and the Conjurer and The Murder Wheel, and you specialize in writing these locked room mysteries. Why do you think these were so popular in the golden age and actually seem to be making a comeback? Well, I think the locked room mystery is overall the most um, challenging, uh, exciting, and and all-round interesting subgenre, really, of detective fiction. Um, for those who don't know the genre, uh, it's a kind of a subspecies of the, the conventional puzzle mystery, the whodunit. Uh, but the question here in a locked room mystery is not just who committed a crime, but how physically the crime was committed. There's always the appearance that uh, a criminal has done something physically impossible, whether that is uh, vanished into thin air or... Uh, crossed a patch of snow without leaving a footprint. Um, the, the locked room or, or the, the impossible crime story has got a lot in common with uh, with stage illusion because there's often a sense of something uncanny or something supernatural at work, whether it's, uh, whether it's a phantom assailant or, or something similar. But there's always a rational, earthly explanation. Uh, I think the appeal lies in the intellectual challenge. I think that's why the genre was so popular in the 20s and 30s, because it, it, it's really, it really comes down to a battle of wits between the writer and the reader. It's a, it's a kind of, uh, it's a game of intellectual cat and mouse. And um, uh, yes, the, the golden age, which is, a term that typically refers to the the period between the world wars uh, when there was a real boom in that particular type of puzzle mystery. Um, uh, I think so that so the twenties and thirties really saw just a real boom in that particular type of puzzle um, where it was about um, engaging the reader 
uh, on a uh, on a surface level, but also on an intellectual level. So it was about presenting an exciting story, but also a puzzle to be solved and a, and a game to be played. Um, so uh, as for the the resurgence of the locked room, um, it's it's been it's been in the works for a while now. But I think people are being drawn towards more complex puzzle plots again, thanks to certain mainstream hits like Knives Out. Um, uh, here in the UK, uh, Death in Paradise is a very big show, um, which makes use of the puzzle plot, but also the the seeming impossibility. So it, it's just great to see all these new writers embracing the um, uh, all the things that made the Golden Age great. So in your stories, Tom, you reveal some of the mechanics behind a few magic tricks. How much time did you spend researching popular illusions from the time period that you write about? Well, I am I am fascinated by magic tricks. Um, in other words, the the mechanics of magic tricks, so the the physical gimmicks used by stage magicians, um, the murder wheel. Uh, features a, a, the seemingly impossible materialization of a, a corpse on stage during a magic show. So to me, that was a kind of ultimate crossover between my my interests in mystery and magic. Uh, but I do a lot of reading of non-fiction and historical works about the, the practice of stage magic and the history of it. Um, and often that will stimulate ideas for uh, for the mysteries that, that I'm writing. Um, the, the Victorian era was, was a time when stage magic really came into its own. Uh, there were many um, tricks, many gimmicks, many large-scale illusions that were developed during that time that would uh, become commonplace in the, in the 20th century and would become standard theatrical practice. But during the sort of late Victorian era, these, these kinds of illusions were new and they were still being experimented with. And um, so I think uh, that is, if you like, the, the golden age of stage magic when... Um, uh, when tricks, when illusions and effects like Pepper's ghost and things like that, things um, were, were being devised and experimented in, in public for the first time. So um, so I, I love to read about that kind of thing and think about how I could use that in a, a mystery plot, whether it, whether it be as a, a red herring, something to... Um, send the reader in the wrong direction, or whether it's uh, an actual intrinsic part of the uh, of the mystery itself. Um, but I'm also fascinated by the the theory behind stage magic. So how tricks uh, work in in a more abstract sense, how they work on the brain, how um, as audiences we are. Um, guided to look in the wrong direction and uh, the, the kinds of the gaps in our perception that magicians exploit, um, uh, which to me uh, are similar to, uh, to those that mystery writers uh, exploit. In both cases, you're, um, 
you're you're sending an audience in the wrong direction. You're working a trick in front of them, and you're um, via misdirection. You're making sure they don't spot how the trick works until you're ready to uh, to show them. So, um, uh, so yeah, um, my writing is largely uh suggested by the 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 general reading that i do in the about magic and about magic theory about the practical side but also the theoretical side is it a no-no to reveal some of those secrets behind those tricks um uh for magicians yes definitely um but i I'm fascinated by how tricks are done. And I think that's part of the fun. Uh, that's something that's always interested me. Um, but then I'm not a magician. Uh, I don't claim to be a magician. Um, so uh, um, so I'm quite happy to give away tricks because <laughs> I think, uh, well, it has a natural um, appeal to, you know, human curiosity. You want to know how something is done. But also uh, that's the difference between magic and uh, the locked room mystery. In the locked room, you have to give away the solution at the end. You have to explain how it was done. Um, and the trick, uh, it becomes a question of uh, providing satisfaction to the reader, a satisfactory conclusion. If uh, if the gimmick is is too ordinary, too prosaic and uh, and dull, then uh, the the reader is inevitably left feeling shortchanged. So I think um, uh, whereas magicians are forbidden to show how a trick is done with the, the mystery writer it's about um you are uh laying out the solution to the puzzle but at the same time you you're you're uh you're trying to come up with the most colorful exciting and um uh, an intriguing solution as you can um i mean i often talk about uh retrospective inevitability as a as a, a feature of a good um mystery solution this idea that your reader will kick themselves because they didn't spot the the trick that was hidden mm. in plain sight um and uh, as a reader that personally that is um uh, that is one of the the great joys of finding a good mystery is when you see how you've been tricked and you see how the illusion was worked by the writer and I love that uh, that's what I'm trying to do with these spectre books to give readers that same feeling so um so it, 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 it in some respects it's like a magic trick a magic show but uh because you inevitably have to lift the curtain at the end and reveal how it was all done that is uh that's where the the two uh the two differ yeah that's fascinating i love all the metaphors that you weave in to the stories about the similarities of uh the magic show and and mystery fiction um in your latest book the murder wheel your magician sleuth is Joseph Spector, and he explains that there has been a, quote, trick within a trick. Um, would you say that that's essentially what's going on in all locked room mysteries? Yes, 100%. Um, 
my my approach as uh, as a writer of locked room mysteries and the thing that i that i really appreciate as a reader is the different levels of illusion and mystification at work so there can be physical tricks as in clever gimmicks used to for example lock a door from the outside that kind of thing but then there are also more abstract tricks which involve a uh, subtle placement of clues in plain sight um reinterpretation of a line of dialogue which takes on sudden significance when uh, uh when placed in a fresh context um also uh, misdirection and deliberate obfuscation concerning identities and disguise things like that um and i think the best examples of the genre are the ones where all of those different levels of illusion come into play at once uh for me the 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 writer that really opened uh, opened my eyes to the to the the scale and the true potential of the Lockdown mystery is John Dixon Carr. Um, he was one of the he was uh, one of the greatest authors of the Golden Age. I would place him uh, up there with Agatha Christie, Ellery Queen, all the greats. Um, but he was the acknowledged master of the Lockdown mystery, uh, not just because he was so prolific in that genre, but because he was so uh, imaginative, so creative. Um, and no two of his books are the same. He didn't recycle or reuse tricks in the way that some Golden Age authors did. Um, and um, and I mentioned clue placement. He was uh, Agatha Christie was uh, a, a true master of that, but so was Carr, and uh, so was Ellery Queen. Um, the the uh, the placement of clues. Uh, the uh, different variety of clues um, and the playfulness of some of them. Uh, I think uh, that's all, I think it all kind of feeds into uh, the one entity and really uh, in a locked room mystery, you, you want, a, uh, uh, you want all of that. You want, uh, you want the fun, but you want the atmosphere, the sense of mystique, um, but at the same time, a kind of tongue in cheek humor to it. That's great. And and just building on that kind of idea of the overlap between magic and mystery and fun, having a magician as a sleuth is a, is a great character. So who are some of your fictional favorites, either uh, contemporary or, or some from the golden age? Well, um, when I when it comes to magician sleuths, I uh, grew up watching the BBC show. Jonathan Creek, uh, where the amateur detective is a man who designs illusions for a, uh, a professional stage conjurer. Uh, so that, that show was great because it, it had a lot of humor. It was amusing. Um, but at the same time, it featured very complex, fair play puzzle plots in the Golden Age tradition. So all the clues were there and there was great ingenuity in the plotting. So it was, uh, that was a nice um, kind of entry level uh, locked room mystery experience when I was younger. Um, it was a great way to kind of discover the genre. Um, in terms of contemporary writers, 
and uh, magician sleuths. My friend Gigi Pandian, who writes, um, uh, she writes several different series, but her um, secret staircase mysteries are particularly good in my opinion because they uh they they feature impossibilities impossible crimes locked room mysteries magic tricks all kinds of uh fun things um and her detective uh, tempest raj is a is a magician so uh i, I would definitely recommend the uh, the secret staircase mysteries but going back to the Golden Age, the archetype of the Golden Age sleuth, this idea of the amateur detective who's roped in by police or the authorities to investigate because they have a particular insight or, or skill at deduction. Um, I think it lends itself naturally to uh, having a, a magician or someone who specialises in illusions as a detective. Um, Clayton Rawson wrote a great series featuring a magician uh, as a detective uh, who is known as the Great Merlini. He first appears in uh, Death from a Top Hat, which is uh, a superb locked room mystery, but also fascinating... Um, social document if you like about stage magic during that period it's got so many references and um you know little in jokes and things concerning stage magic and the theatrical life uh, at that time because clayton rawson as well as a, uh, a mystery novelist he, he was a magician himself um and he was he was a friend of john dixon carr who i've already mentioned so yes, the Merlini series is is particularly interesting uh, for someone like me, certainly who 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 loves magic, but who's also fascinated by uh, you know the, the clever, complex plotting um, and the the misdirection, etc. But um, there's another author from that era who uh, he um, he was a professional magician himself. And uh, he only wrote uh, a couple of novels, but they're both really brilliant. His name was Henning Nelms. That was his uh, that was his real name. He wrote under the pseudonym of Hake Talbot, uh, and he wrote two books which are truly fantastic. Uh, the first one was called The Hangman's Handyman. That is that's a good one. Uh, but then the second one, The Rim of the Pit, is his absolute masterpiece. It's a perfect. Um, cocktail of of illusion and atmosphere where a group of people are are um, stranded in a, a snowbound cabin um, and they find themselves um, uh, assailed by seemingly supernatural forces. But of course, because it's a fair play locked room mystery, there there is a rational explanation for it all, and it and it unfurls incredibly satisfactorily. So um, so I definitely recommend seeking out Hake Talbot. Um, like I say, there are only two novels, uh, and the detective is not a magician, but uh, because Henning Nelms himself was a magician and wrote many interesting works about the practice of stage magic i think it, it still qualifies those are fantastic recommendations tom and those titles by tolbert his titles are fantastic too <laughs> most <Great>. definitely yes <laughs> 
rim of the pit gives you a kind of uh, uh, a hint of something uh, otherworldly going on, something supernatural, something demonic. Um, and the stories are really uh, crammed with atmosphere. John Dixon Carr was also superb at creating an atmosphere of uh, a kind of creeping dread and eeriness and the hint that maybe there is something supernatural going on. Um, I think that comes from Edgar Allan Poe, uh, the, the kind of gothic tradition, which um, uh, because Poe uh, ostensibly wrote the, the first locked room mystery, uh, Murders in the Rue Morgue, um, and he was a great innovator of detective fiction generally. Um, but uh, his fictional detective, Auguste Dupin, was a huge influence on Conan Doyle's characterization of Sherlock Holmes, which in turn influenced the Golden Age. So I think there's kind of a thread of the mm-hmm. Gothic um, and uh, a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, um, a sense of uh, atmosphere, a kind of, uh, vivid, lurid, uh, occasionally gruesome uh, atmosphere to these stories, which uh, which really sets them apart, I think, and that that's part of the appeal for me. And I definitely sense that in your work too, Tom. You have that same atmosphere, the feeling of you know questioning what's really going on. Is there something supernatural? You accomplish that really well. Um, I think that we've already answered the our final question. So I'm going to go off script just a little bit and just ask you what you're working on next. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great question. I'm actually between um, books at the moment. I have finished book three in my Spectre series. It is called Cabaret Macabre and it comes out next summer. Uh, again published by Mysterious Press and I am about to begin work on book four so uh, so like I say I'm between the projects but uh, I'm currently stockpiling ideas for the next one. That's great we're looking forward to it. Yes thank you very much I hope you'll enjoy it. And so Tom where can our listeners find you? Oh, uh, yes. I'm on all the social media, uh, at Tom Mead Author. So I do uh, Facebook, I find, is a great way to um, engage with readers directly. Uh, But I'm also on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I recently joined Instagram. And um, I'm also on Blue Sky, if any of your readers, uh, if any of your listeners are are on Blue Sky. I'm on there. Uh, um, and uh, my website is tommeadauthor.com. That's wonderful. Thank you again for joining us, Tom. This has been such a great, I feel feel like we have like an overview of, um, of, of the history of magic and mystery. And this is going to be so worthwhile, I know, to our listeners. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you both for having me. And thank you all for listening today on Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.